The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by the reading on which it was based. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. He was so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Gospel of the Lord. You know, as I read over this gospel, I kept thinking, you gotta love Peter. Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You gotta love him. He just speaks whatever comes into his mind. And in this case, he utters one of the most absurd sentences in the entire Bible. In essence, saying, Lord, you have just been revealed to me in all your glory. And not only you, but two of the greatest prophets in the history of the Jewish religion, long dead. But yet, here beside you, talking with you. This is an incredible, overwhelming experience, beyond my wildest dreams and imagination. Truly, a beyond-this-world heavenly experience. Hey, I got an idea. Let me and the boys scavenge from the available materials here on this mountaintop in the middle of nowhere with and with whatever we can find, construct some crude-like tent scratch structures where you, in your newfound glory, and Moses and Elijah can stay. Well, at least... He didn't double down after God's voice came from the cloud and say, Jesus, we can make four tents, four. Now, to cut Peter a little slack, he was completely overwhelmed by what he saw. And who wouldn't be? And it's understandable that he hardly knew what to say. But as I reflected on this passage, it occurred to me that more than just making a spur-of-the-moment offer, He was doing the same thing that we often do to one degree or another. He was responding to the divine within his human limitations, putting human limits on the almighty God of the universe, and in doing so failing to recognize and appreciate the opportunity that was taking place before him. The idea that Jesus and company would reveal themselves the way they did to simply remain secluded on a mountain, in hindsight, 
seems quite silly. But we often do the same thing, and we don't have Peter's excuse. Because Peter was still wrapping his head around this whole Jesus-God thing. The purpose of the transfiguration was to help the apostles and those they would share this story with after the resurrection to realize that Jesus was and is God. To see that same Jesus, now glorified beyond human dimension, and to see him with two of the primary historical figures of the Jewish religious tradition, Moses and Elijah, is so that those that were told the story would be better able to recognize and appreciate Jesus' godliness, his divinity. Well, we are part of those people who heard the story after the resurrection, even though it's 2,000 years later. And right now, right here, Jesus wants us to appreciate his divinity, his glorified reign, his power, and his desire for us to know him personally in a way that is life-changing. For a while to Peter, much was still to be revealed. For us, it is all here before us. But rather than take advantage, we often, like Peter, put our human limitations on Jesus and in doing so limit our expectations of what he can accomplish in our lives. Mentally leaving him in his tabernacle tent rather than bringing him into every aspect of our lives in an active, dynamic way. And if we need to hear a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, listen to him, well, we just did. We just heard the word of God in the gospel proclaimed, recognized by the church as God's voice for 2,000 years. And that voice is telling us that Jesus doesn't want to be left in some obscure little place in our lives. It is why we are sent forth right after we receive him, not to leave him behind, but to take him with us. He wants to be powerfully involved in every aspect of our lives. And this mighty, awesome, powerful God can be if we see him for what he is and don't reduce him to some human standard. He doesn't ask us to keep him quiet until some crisis or dramatic event takes place, nor does he leave us confused about what he means, for we know what it means for him to be risen. Jesus wants to be glorified in our lives just as he was on that mountain. He wants us to see him glorified in the Eucharist, in power and majesty as it was present on that mountain and is present here and now. The glorified Christ, in his body, blood, soul, and divinity, in this Eucharist, not to be limited, but to be appreciated, celebrated, and incorporated into our lives. Imagine for a moment that you had tickets to the biggest concert or football game of the year. And the only seats that you could get 
were in the nosebleed section in the upper, upper deck. But given the great demand, you were happy to have them. Even if it meant that you would have to use binoculars to see the stage or the action on the field. The day before the game, you get a call from a friend who says he's got or she has two extra tickets for the concert or the game. And do you want them? Assuming they are the same far-off seats as yours, you tell them, thanks, but you've got your tickets already. Then later, at the game, as you peer down through your binoculars toward the stage or field, you see your friend in great seats right up front with two empty seats beside them. A great opportunity missed because you didn't appreciate what you were being offered. We have such an opportunity by virtue of our baptism, by virtue of our faith, by virtue of the generosity, love, and mercy of our God, by virtue of his presence here in the Eucharist, we have that opportunity to experience the glorified, risen Jesus in the flesh, to converse with the saints who are in glory with him. What a shame if rather than embrace the presence of the God of the universe, we just try to build him a tent. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.